0: hey, we're, we're talking about revival and what does revival look like, okay? So, so often when I look at revival, I, I think about in the Bible, Acts chapter two, right? And if you've read your Bible before, you would know that when that's when the Holy Spirit got poured out. Revolve, revival is basically God pouring out of His life-giving Spirit on us as people and it brings like a fresh spiritual awakening to us. And uh, when we think of that often, we think of Acts chapter two, and if you look at Acts chapter 2, basically Jesus came, right, and God became man. He walked on the earth, and, and He was crucified for us. He, he rose again. He ascended to heaven, and, and, and He gathered His disciples together. He appeared to all bunch different bunches of disciples after He was raised from the dead, but, but He gathered them all in as He was about to ascend into heaven. And He gave them this promise and said, hey, I'm going, but... There's another person coming who's super awesome called the Holy Spirit. And he's going to give you power. But you have to wait on him. So the disciples got together. They waited in Jerusalem and they prayed. There's about 120 of them by that point. And they're praying. And it said on the day of Pentecost, right, which is a Jewish festival, and it said on the day of Pentecost that a wind blew through the building that they were in and and what looked like tongues of fire fell upon all of them. And they broke out. They were speaking in different kinds of tongues. And they went out in the street. All the people in the street thought they were drunk. And, and the apostle Peter got up. And uh, if you know, read the story of Peter, he just denied Christ and all of this kind of thing. But then all of a sudden, filled with the Holy Spirit, he's that bold that he can get up in front of a massive crowd on a, day of a festival and just preach this amazing message. And he's preaching this message. And anyway, What happens is, obviously, the Holy Spirit's moving, and He's touching people. There's people from all over the the known world at that time, Jewish people coming to Jerusalem for this feast. And they get cut to their heart, and they're like, Peter, what do we got to do? And He said, hey, you need to repent and turn to God. And it says in here, and I'm just going to read this passage here. We'll go back and unpackage it a bit. But it says, those who accepted His message, that's believing that Christ came, He died, was rose again, and and, and is bringing salvation for them. They accepted his message. They were baptized. 3,000 were added to their number that day. Could you imagine this place if 3,000 people got saved in one day? And then it goes on. It kind of has this picture of what it looked like for the disciples in those days. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and to prayer, and everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together in everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people And listen to this, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, when we think of revival, we think of that and we look at it like 3,000 getting saved. And then all these amazing things happen in the church and God was adding to the number daily those who were getting saved. That's revival. That is incredible. But I just want to focus in on one thing here. See, there's actually two parts to what I just read out. It says, hey, 3,000 were added And then it says, they devoted themselves, listen to the language, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. And then it says, and everyone was filled with awe. So they devoted themselves, and then everyone was filled with awe. Miraculous signs were done, they hung out together, it was awesome, people were getting saved, but they devoted themselves, and then everyone. Themselves and then everyone. Themselves, and then everyone, right? So there's two sections. We often focus on the big picture, the 3,000 people getting saved, the, the, the amazing miracles happening, and rightly so, because that is absolutely incredible. I would be super stoked by that, right? But actually, the start of revival, and indeed, actually, the real impact of revival is actually what was happening in their hearts, And in a season of revival for this church, it will be what is happening in our hearts. It's the themselves versus the everyone. The everyone is incredible. I love it. I'll be the first signing up on it. But I realize, first of all, there's got to be the themselves. There's got to be the what's happening inside of me. And we see it here as we read it. We look at verse 42, and it says, They devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. And it goes on, it says, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They devoted themselves. Now, who's ever played football here? Rugby, Aussie, whatever it is, right? If you've ever played football, you'd know about the dude, the fitness trainer, Right? And, and, and I just went on a conference down to Sydney and, and there's this guy called the Sandhill Warrior and he pretty much reminded me of every single fitness trainer I've ever had. Um, I'm an old football player, and in case you didn't realize it. I'm just an old book, book fed football player. But I, every single football trainer I've ever met is exactly the same. They rock up at pre-season training. There's two main things about them. First of all, they're masochists right? They're all like, hey, rock up first night of preseason training. Let's do eight 800-meter sprints, and then we'll do a beep test after that, and then we'll do some more suicide sprints after that until everyone's throwing up. That's a football trainer. The other thing about football trainers is they've all got these ridiculous stories and sayings. I, I pretty much remember Every single pre-season, doing like 800s or suicide sprints or something, to the the, the football trainer yelling out about the ANZAC scaling the cliffs at ANZAC coves with only you know the, 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 their spades protecting them from the hail of Turk fire, you know, like or, or they just have these ridiculous tra- uh, sayings like "No one's ever drowned in sweat," Felix. The old favourite of the football trainer, yeah, start again because someone pulled up like two metres short from a sprint, and you have to start from the very beginning. One of my favourite ones ever, though, was bacon and eggs, and we had a specific football trainer, right, and his saying was just bacon and eggs. Whenever the t- going got tough, he just, bacon and eggs, boys, bacon and eggs, You'd be doing a beep test, and you'd be up at about 12, and bacon and eggs, boys. Come on, bacon and eggs. And he used to just yell this out all the, all the time. And the thing behind it was bacon and eggs, right? The pig was committed. The chicken was only involved. The pig was committed. The chicken was just involved. The pig laid its life down. The chicken just gave of itself. The pig devoted itself to your bacon and eggs. The chicken's just hanging out. And might I just say, to me, right, I was reminded of this when I was in Sydney, like three weeks ago, doing this training, bacon and eggs. But that's a picture of what needs to happen in our hearts. That's a picture of us devoting ourselves, being committed, laying our lives down. That's what happened in their hearts. They devoted themselves. When the going got tough and they're getting withdrawals from fasting, bacon and eggs, I'm devoting myself here. When it's seven o'clock in the morning and most people under the age of 25 aren't normally even awake, then, and we've got a prayer meeting, it says, bacon and eggs, guys. You're committed, you're devoted. When you're serving on team and it's, you know, it's one of those days, I admit, sometimes you're serving on team, you don't necessarily, bacon and eggs, guys, bacon and eggs. The pig was committed. The pig was devoted. The pig laid its life down. The chicken was only involved. Can I just say, we need to be like that. We need to devote ourselves. And we read here, they weren't only involved. They weren't only showing up. They devoted themselves. Come on. See, here's the thing. What's the opposite of devoted? Well, the opposite is apathy. Just being casual about God or the things of God, being casual about church, being casual about prayer, being casual about the Word. The opposite of being devoted might be distraction. And I have to say, this is me just like getting a little bit vulnerable here. Every time I fast, I remember how distracted I can get. How distracted I can get, and then you come to a fast, and you know I I, I cut off all social media, I cut off all Netflix, I, I I cut off all this stuff so I can read the Word. Do you, do you like my Bible, by the way? This is an oldie but a goodie. It's the one I'm using. I, I promise I've got more professional ones at home, but this is the one I'm using at the moment. My dad actually gave this to me in 1994, and there's a message in in the front. Oh look. To our son Jeremy from Dad and Mum, 15th of February, 1994. That was when I went to Bible college. Where was I? Distraction. Isn't it amazing when you actually focus on it, how distracted you get? Even this thing here, I know, I know this is like, this thing cops a, a, a raw deal, like it's actually the problem, when the reality is actually me, but how distracted we get. But isn't that the opposite of devoting? See, we're in a fast at the moment, I'm devoting myself to prayer. I'm devoting myself to the Word. I'm devoting, and, and you just realize how distracted we can get apathy and distraction. Don't be like that. Let's devote ourselves. Let's devote ourselves. And what did they devote themselves to? The first thing, the apostles' teaching. See, in those days, they didn't actually have a Bible. You know that, right? All they had was the apostles. The apostles had walked with Jesus. They'd been with Jesus. They spent time with Him. So they would unpack Jesus' words to them, what He did, what He was like. They'd unpack the Old Testament you know, we actually have the apostles teaching today. Here it is here. It's called the New Testament. And they put it all down in letters for us. The first thing they devoted themselves was to the Word. And I want to encourage us right now, our theme for the year is deeper in the Word. I tell you what, jump on our church website. Click on the button, deeper in the Word. There's videos on there from Pastor John. Get into soap, get into journaling, get into reading your Word. If if God's telling you to, come to Bible College. Just get into the Word. Devote ourselves to the Word. We got inspired teaching and preaching. This morning's message was an absolute cracker. Get amongst it. Devote ourselves to the Word. They devoted themselves to fellowship. My dad had an old saying, what's fellowship? Two fellows in the one ship. Fellowship. See, I've come to realize, right, you can't have God as your father Without having the church as your family. You know that? God can't be your father without the church being your family. We are called to fellowship. The disciples devoted themselves to fellowship. See, the best expression of that for us is groups. I love groups. If you're not in a group, you need to be in a group. We've got Turn three kicking off next week. We've got all these amazing courses that are going to be kicking off. All our groups are going to be doing amazing courses. But I love groups. Tell you what, I'm in two groups. And I love them. We pray for each other. I know whenever we've been in need, like I just remember we had the twins and we just got meal after meal after meal. We love one another. We do life with one another. Every single week, there's someone in our WhatsApp group, hey, please, please pray for this. Just the other day, they'll say, hey, just pray for my kid. And we just pray for each other. Fellowship. God, can't be your father unless the church is also your family. You need to be connected in. Get in a group. Get in a group. What else they devote themselves to? The breaking of bread. I like to call that sacred hospitality. We've got this thing in our church, sacred hospitality. See, see, back back in the day, back in the day, breaking bread with each other was such a big thing. Paul actually spoke about it in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and he, and he talks and he goes, hey, did you know that when we eat of the one loaf, we actually become one body when we eat together? And I love that. Sacred hospitality, hang out with people, do meals together. I, I remember just before we went, to sp- probably about three weeks ago, we had a meal with, with a couple in our group, and we just sat down together. And it's kind of funny because we had garlic bread, so we broke the bread together, and it was awesome. But we're just there. Our kids were running around. And, and then I'm, I'm sitting next to the guy, and he starts telling me about a prophecy that he'd had and just what it meant to him and, and, and just how excited they were for their future. And he was just opening up and just sharing about it. And, and it's like in that moment, it's like you're one. You become one body. Sacred hospitality. We're going next week in the morning to one morning services. Um, One morning service. We're combining both our morning services into one. Nighttime is going to still say the same. But we want to see people just really getting devoted to sacred hospitality, devoted to breaking that bread together. And the fourth thing, they devoted themselves to prayer. To prayer. That's prayer on our own, but that's also united prayer together. Pastor John said an amazing thing this morning. The easiest way is to pray with someone else. I love that. I love that. United prayer is so powerful. We, we know the verses that Jesus says about, hey, when, when, when two of you together and you agree, I'm there with you. It'll happen. United prayer. Join us during this prayer and fast. We've got all these prayer meetings happening tonight, obviously, after the service. 45 minutes, but through them we got morning prayer here and also on Instagram Monday Wednesday Friday we've got afternoon prayer for those of you that can't make it in the morning on Tuesday and Thursday we've got dream team united on Tuesday night come on get amongst it we're going to worship together but we're going to pray together we're going to united prayer hey guys bacon and eggs devote yourselves don't just show up don't just be involved don't just be a showing up, smiling. Yep, yep, I'm out of here. Let's devote ourselves. Let's be committed. Let's be committed to the word, the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, two fellows in the one ship. Get to group. Hey, if you're not in a group, please get in a group. Come on. To break in of bread and hanging out. If, if, if you've never had anyone in your home, just invite someone over. Invite someone, come to my house. Just grab chicken and, and some bread rolls. It's awesome. I've had people over before and had sacred hospital in the house just with jaffles. Just do it. Get amongst it. And prayer together. How cool is that? Hey, why don't we stand? Because I'm winding up right now. Why don't we close our eyes? It's been a bit of fun tonight. But hey, there's actually a serious message to it and a serious point to it. I believe God is calling us to a fresh devotion to Him, a devotion to these things. I believe the Spirit is going to be poured out in this place. We are going to see souls and souls and people getting saved. We're going to see miracles and people getting healed. But it starts in our hearts. It starts in us being committed, us being devoted. If you're here tonight and you go, yeah, I'm in. Why don't we raise our hands as we pray. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. We love you. Thank you, Lord God. We want to see your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord God, tonight, we declare we agree together. We devote ourselves, Lord God, to your word, to your prayer, to one another, Lord God. God, we are hungry for you. God, we repent and apologize for apathy, for distraction, Lord. Lord God, we turn our hearts together on you. Holy Spirit, we ask, pour your presence out in this place. Touch hearts, Lord God. Touch us, Lord God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen, amen. Hey, why don't you grab a seat? I just want to give an opportunity right now for, I don't know everyone in this room. I don't know where everyone is at. All I know is that, hey, the the greatest thing you can do is know Jesus and meet Him as your own personal Savior. And, you know, we, we, we talk about often, you know, truth and, and all of this. What is truth? I don't know what's true. I don't know why I'm here. And we talk about truth as in, you know, it's like 2 plus 2 equals 4 or, you know, the service started at 6 p.m. That's all truth. But can I just say to you tonight, right, the truth about God, the truth about your destiny, the truth about why you're here, it's a different kind of truth. And can I just say... If it's a different kind of truth, it also takes a different kind of knowing. To know that truth about God, to know the reason for your existence, it's a different kind of knowing. And I like to put it like this, it's more like knowing a person. See, I can know that the service tonight started at 6 p.m., but I can also know my wife, and it's a different kind of knowing. I have to let her into my heart. I have to spend time with her and get to know her. And you know what? Knowing God is exactly the same. It's about knowing a person whose name's Jesus. I actually myself grew up in church. My dad's a pastor. I grew up in church and I, I got to teenage years and I got all angry and I was just full of just anger and just turmoil in my spirit. And I went down to Sydney to hang out with some friends and end up at a church service exactly like this one with a guy preaching. And in this moment, he gave the opportunity to meet Jesus or to return to Him. And, and in that moment, he, he was talking about it like I am, about, hey, this is not about knowing facts. It's about a relationship with God. And that really cut me to the heart because I knew in that moment, hey, I grew up in church, but I knew all the stuff, but actually it's about me finding a relationship for God myself. And in that moment, I I gave my life to God and was like, yes, God, I want to know you. And I want to give you that same opportunity tonight. I reckon there's probably three types of person here tonight. Maybe the first one might be, maybe you're here for the first, second, third, fourth time maybe, I don't know. But you've never, ever, ever invited God into your life. I'd like to pray with you to invite Him into your world. The second type of person might be someone like me. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe at one point you you, you were a Christian, but right now you're not walking like one. You're not walking in relationship with God and you almost need to press that reset button, return to Him. The third type of person is maybe you're just unsure about your salvation. Can, Can I just say tonight, eternity, your eternal destiny is not the thing to be unsure about. I'd love to pray with you. What I'm going to do in a second, if you're one of these three people and you'd like to open the door of your heart, invite Christ into your world, begin relationship with Him. In a second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And if you do that, what I will do is I'll lead you in a prayer, inviting God into your life. Everyone in the room is going to join you in that. It's going to be awesome. But I promise you, once you do that, you'll actually see things differently. Your whole world will change. You'll just approach life from a different angle almost. So if there's anyone here, can we all close our eyes because this is between you and God, not you and the next door neighbor, not you and anyone else. If you're a Christian here, please pray. But if that's you, number one, never knowing God, want to invite him into your life. Maybe number two, at one point you were walking with him, but you need to return to him. Or three, you're just unsure about your salvation. If that's you, I'll get you to lift your hand right now while every eye's closed. Is there anyone here tonight? Is there anyone here tonight? Just taking my time, just allowing God to speak to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I feel like there is one or two people here tonight. I don't know, so I'm just going to give a little bit of time. Is there anyone here tonight? thank you god thank you god now that's awesome hey oh there is a hand awesome thank you so much yeah awesome i see that hand super cool super cool two people is there anyone else here that wants to join these two amazing people as we pray this prayer inviting god into our world is there anyone here tonight I can't give it much longer, but I I know it's the greatest thing you'll ever do. Is there anyone else? No, that's super cool. Hey, we're going to pray this prayer together. So if you raised your hand, what I'll do is I'll say the prayer, and if you just repeat it after me, everyone else in the room is going to pray this prayer as well. Super cool. What we're praying is a prayer inviting God in our world. So why don't we start now? Dear God, I'm sorry. I haven't always lived life your way. But I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for me, to be raised to life so that I might be saved. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Show me how to live. I thank you that I'm forgiven, set free, born again, saved. Amen. Amen. Hey, that's so super cool that you prayed that. So awesome. So proud of you. Come on, let's give these guys a hand. Just so you know, the Bible says there's a party in heaven every time someone receives God like that. There's a party in this room too. We're so super stoked. Hey, can I ask two things, if that was you? Keep coming to church, first of all. All right, just keep rocking up. The second of all, we have this amazing course called Alpha. And basically what Alpha does, it just explains God, explains Christianity. It's amazing. Um, somebody would have seen you lift your hand up and would know that you prayed that prayer for the first time. They'll come and say hello, give you a Bible, and just explain Alpha to you and, and see if you want to do that. So super cool. Hey, give these guys a hand. How awesome is that? And don't forget, guys, bacon and eggs. Be devoted. Be committed. Don't just show up. Don't just be involved. Hey, but let's, let, let, let's really see God, see His kingdom come. Hey, thank you so much. I'm going to hand back to Isaac.